What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you're listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod. My YouTube is March 4th Pod. My website is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found us somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Baum and Badcast. I hope that everybody's doing well. Fall is officially upon us here in the United States, and it's a beautiful time of the year, man. It's actually probably my favorite season from back home in the Midwest. Just uh, the 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 leaves changing. I love Halloween. I love horror movies. I love all that stuff. So it's uh, it's a great time of the year. Football's in full swing. Auto last night was a bit of a heartbreaker for my Fighting Irish. They just uh, they couldn't they couldn't put the Bucks away, man. But that's why Ohio State is the perennial power that they are. They find a way to win, man. And uh, it was tough. These Irish eyes weren't smiling last night, but it was a great game nonetheless. I feel like I have just been uh, burning money lately. <laughs> uh, I had to get a new TV. The other one lasted me eight years. I hang on to everything till it like falls apart, basically, which I don't know if that's good or bad, but I, I take good care of stuff, and and which is a good thing. Uh, so so they last as long as possible. But I had my my old TV for like eight years, literally got it, when I moved to Nashville in 2015, excuse me. So the fact that uh, that puppy lasted me until 2023, and then I started getting that purple line going in the screen, and I'm like, oh geez, and it would go away, and then it would come back, and it would go away, and then it would come back. But uh, it's all good. I got a good deal on a on a new Samsung. Um, had to get a new phone recently. Uh, I'm getting a new car because my current vehicle is. Uh, Half as old as me, really, at this point. I'm 35, and that thing was, it's an 07, and it was built in 2006, the Fuge. Uh, so that's like 17 years old. So, But it all kind of just hit at once, and you'll have to excuse my sniffling. I've I've been battling a, a sinus thing for weeks now, um, and it's starting to clear up, thankfully. But holy shnikes, man, it just won't go away. It just keeps lingering, man. Uh, it's like a ghost following me. Um, that was creepy, Mike. What was that? Uh, but yeah, I hope everybody's doing well. The show's going great. And I, I once again, I just can't thank everybody enough for their continued love and support of the podcast and, you know, you know, checking out the content on Instagram. Anybody who takes the time to like and share and subscribe or tell their friends about the show, all those things go a long way in getting the episodes out to more people. And that's ultimately what I want, man. I, I want more people to to get put onto music and artists that they weren't previously aware of. I want them to listen to inspiring conversations that hopefully move them in a positive way to persevere in their own lives and, and chase their dreams, you know, cause Lord knows I struggle with, with my own stuff between the ears, man, mainly intrusive thoughts and going down the rabbit hole with those. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, you battle through it, you work through it. Therapy is a big help, exercise, music, talking to you, kind people out there, the guests on this show. So Positive vibes, man, um, and it's cool to know when you're making a when, when you're making a good impact on people. Um, I had a chance just this past Thursday 
to September 21st to to go see Dropout Kings in Nashville. They were with Outline and Color and Varsity. Shout out to those bands as well. They were awesome. And uh, it was it was great to get a chance to meet John from Outline and Color. What's up, dude? Uh, and talk to him after the show. I digress. But uh, all of them put on a heck of a show. And, I, and I've had Black Cat Bill and Joe Lana Jr. Uh, from Dropout Kings on the podcast in the past. Not to name drop, but uh, it was cool to meet him in person. And uh, just to see the positive vibes, like, because it was the first time I ever met those guys in person. And I think it was their first time in, in Nashville, actually. And uh, Joe was kind enough to get me on the guest list. And he came out from the back when I was watching, I think it was Varsity. And, um, you know, shot the breeze with me. And, and it, it was cool, man. Like, just the mutual respect that we have for each other and the content that we're putting out there. And he was like, dude, that was like the first podcast or one of the first podcasts I ever did. And, you know, I really like what you're doing. and you know, talking about him potentially moving in the future, you know, and whatnot. And, uh, as far as, uh, to where his, his girlfriend is in LA and we, we just had a good conversation, but it's just nice to know when you've left a positive imprint on somebody, you know what I mean? When you meet him in person and when I have my bad days with, with my compulsions and, you know, obsessive stuff and, you know, uh, getting in my head and getting in my own way and all that negative crap that, that we all kind of deal with, I think to some degree. Um, it's just nice to know that you can meet people and feel like you've got that, you know, positive impact that you've left on them. So shout out to the dudes and dropout Kings outline in color and varsity, man. Uh, all of them are killing it. Love what they're doing. Uh, was just jamming outline in colors, latest record yesterday, man. Love it. Um, dropout Kings, riot music is sick. Check out black hat bills, latest record. The Emperor's Children, it's great. Um, if you love hip hop, man, he's he's got he's just so so freaking good, man. But it was so much fun. It was so much fun, and uh, so yeah, just that's a little rant there, just to say uh, it's cool to know that um, I'm making positive connections with people in different different parts of the world, and and I'm just really grateful for you know the the people who have come into my life, and um, really excited for the week ahead and the months ahead, man, uh, to close out the year on a positive note. And I hope y'all do the same. And speaking out on uh, closing the year out on a positive note with the episodes that I have slated coming up, little teeth, there's some great ones, but these guys are among the great ones. I feel very fortunate, speaking of making good connections, to have connected with a guy by the name of Dylan Baumgartner from Realverse Productions and Slingshot. Check out their music. They're awesome. They just had new stuff come out recently. It's great. Uh, I digress, but... Dylan is a great dude, and through Dylan, I've been able to connect with a lot of people in his circle and, and his collective, I'll call it. To call it a scene, I feel like would be doing it injustice, but uh, the guys on this week's show are part of that collective. They are none other than Brent and Julian of the band Corpus out of California, Murrieta, California specifically. Brent plays the drums. Julian does guitar and vocals. And these these guys are dope, man. Their their album Death Sequence came out in June of last year. Some of my favorites off of that one are Pray for the Masses, Dying Eyes, Vulnerable I Love, Feeding Hour, and their EP Beyond the Grave just came out this past March with Realm of Blasphemy and Beyond the Grave on it. They've done a bunch of shows, doing a bunch of live gigs, and among them have been with Slingshot, Split Image, Psychomanus, 
also bands who are friends of the show. And uh, like I said, to, to call the music scene that they've got brewing, uh, I really feel like would be a disservice when we talk about that. It really is a collective of just people who love making music, who love rocking out, who love headbanging, um, everything from punk all the way to metal. Corpus bills themselves as black and roll. Uh, these guys are awesome, man. And uh, it was just fun to catch up with Brent and Julian and, and talk more about their music and you know the the cool things that they're doing out in California, getting their music out to people, playing really cool shows, and just creating a vibe, you know. And that's really what it's all about: connecting people through music. I, I really have this belief that uh, music can can truly move mountains, man. It's it's a powerful source of inspiration. It's a great catharsis. Heavy music, as I've said numerous times on this show, is a is a positive release, a negative emotion for me, and uh, that's what it's always been for me. And uh, it was just cool to you know, connect with the dudes in Corpus, you know, Brent and I connected on Instagram a little while back and I've been wanting to get him on the show for a while. And, uh, finally the opportunity arose and we got Corpus on. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Brent and Julian of the California black and roll band Corpus. Here it is. <laughs> Dudes, thanks again so much for taking the time, man. Genuinely, I'm I'm happy to get you back on the show. Um, like I said before, we officially hit record. It's it's been cool to see the the scene that you guys have out there, to see the community that you have. Not even to really call it a scene, but to to call it a community. It looks like just from a distance. Um, uh, and I know you're doing doing this with me on a Sunday on the 20th, and you just had a had a show a couple nights ago that looked pretty rad. And and you guys have had a busy summer in general with shows, so. Thanks for joining me, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, hell yeah, dude. Thanks for having us. Really, you're really welcome. Yeah, just just for people who aren't aware, so your guys' band is Corpus, but uh, just just so they know when you're speaking, what you play. Uh, why don't you tell them your name and what you play in the band? Yeah, for sure. My name's Julian. I play guitar and I do vocals. And I'm Brent. I play drums. And then uh, our boy Grant, who. Uh, May have forgot about <laughs> the podcast. Dude's uh, Grant Moore plays bass for us. Fucker should be here, but it's all good. <laughs> I'm a sick one right We're now. gonna give him shit. We're gonna give him shit for not being here, but yeah, man. We've been a band for a couple of years now, and uh, just kind of making our way, fucking finding different opportunities to play shows and network with cool people, and you know, play with people that have the same uh, interests we do. You know. For sure. So, so why don't we start there? Just as far as uh, the heavy music bug, I, I ask this question a lot of, of fellow headbangers out there because I feel like we're 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 a tight knit community, and it's it's always fun when you meet people who also love heavy music. But when did the bug bite you guys when it came to like? Because I know you guys describe your stuff as black and roll, but like when when did like the the heavy music bug bite you guys? Because I know there's there's like elements of thrash in there. Uh, definitely a lot of the like I, I feel like like. 80s and, and 90s stuff and your guys' sound too. But um when when did you guys get into heavy music? Was it was it somebody in the family? Was it something you just were drawn to nat uh naturally? Um uh, I could say for myself at least, uh it started with watching skate videos. Um I, I grew up watching like the foundation videos, Baker videos, Zero, and um a lot of my, you know skateboarding heroes 
you know, had skate parks with songs by like Pentagram and Black Sabbath and, you know, you name it, Misfits. And, uh, and then, you know, as I got a little bit older, you know, my dad and my brother introduced me to, you know, just like a lot of the classic heavy metal stuff uh, when I was probably about like 12 or 13. And then from there, dude, I just went down the fucking rabbit hole and just discovered all this other cool shit that like is more obscure and underground and different and uh, been doing it ever since, man. Yeah. By you, I started playing drums when I was twelve. And I'm almost thirty-five, and my parents made me practice on a neighbor's drum set for like six months because drums are annoying as hell, especially when you don't know how to play them. And <laughs> I was always sort of interested in like heavy tunes, but you you kind of have to go through like you know, there's sort of like gateways to go through before you find out about black metal bands or, you know, crust punk bands or whatever it is, you know? So like when I was a kid, fortunately I had some friends, older neighbors, things like that, that kind of clued me into like, Oh, here's Slayer or Pantera, you know, take these home, you know, check it out. And I can remember hearing like Napalm Death, like the Diatribes album and Enemy of the Music Business and stuff like that. That really kicked, I, I just knew that as soon as I heard that, this is what I want to do, this is how I want to play, this is, you know, this was everything to me. And then slowly, you know, you get into some cool bands, which leads you to even cooler bands, and you just go through this, like, labyrinth of where is it all connected, how does this all connect to different variants of extreme music, heavy shit, death rock, you know, 80s stuff whatever it is, you know, it's all connected somehow, and I always thought that that was probably, like, the most interesting, but obviously... I've been interested in extreme music for a long time. And fortunately, that time in my life came pretty early. So we've been students of this shit for a long time. And now we get to do it all the time. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm 35. So, yeah, right right around the same age, man. Yeah, for me, my uh, I told this story before on the on the podcast, but my my eldest brother, Brandon, uh, is is 41 now. So six years older. And so he was, you know, a teenager right in in the mid 90s when like, you know, what came to be known as new metal really started to pop off with corn and stuff. And um, and he loved Metallica and Guns N' Roses and all the early 90s stuff, you know, Alice in Chains and Nirvana, all that stuff. So originally I, I wanted to be like him and we had a station back home called it was 1065 The Buzz at the time. And they would play like more alternative uh more you know like modern hard rock um so the first the first metallica that i that i remembered really getting into was uh until it sleeps which was the record where everybody was like what did they do they cut their hair and they do they're the, like hard rock now they're not doing thrash anymore and people really crapped on them for that but i still remember that music video it was kind of like this heaven and hell imagery type stuff and um and I thought, you know, when I was eight and I heard that in like 96, I thought, wow, this is like heavy. And I remember it was a, a Sunday afternoon and I think I had some Easter money. I had like 10 or 15 bucks that I had gotten from my grandparents. And we had this place in Toledo called CD Warehouse. And I don't think it was local to Toledo. I don't know if it was regional. I, I'm pretty sure they had multiple locations around the country. But um, but anyway, I remember going down there with my mom and, I, you know, again, I was like I was like nine years old in 97 eight, nine and 96, 97. So I had no idea the names of any of the albums or anything like that. And, uh, I just found 
I just found something that said Metallica until it sleeps on it and put it in the the entertainment center my dad had in the living room. And the first track was Until It Sleeps. And that was back when like CDs and the record companies were really making money hand over fist, you know. So before the album would come out, they would do like those little EPs where it would be like the first single and then maybe a couple of live tracks. So that's what it was. And then the second one was a live track. And I think it was still when James was in the heavy drinking days and he just said MF or like 15 times in like the first like minute or two of whatever song. And my mom was like, oh, honey, you can't listen to that. We have to take it back. So literally like an hour later, we went back to the CD, CD warehouse and I had to return it. And I remember the, the dude working behind the counter just looked at me like, all right, little buddy. But but then I just found that heavy music was the stuff that like spoke to me the most. Like my parents got divorced when I was 11. So, um, you know, that that was back in the day when when MTV would have like the different blocks, you know, they'd have like a hip hop block. They'd have a rock block, metal block. I remember hearing My Own Prison from Creed in the car. I remember Horn Follow the Leader coming out. I remember Seven Dust and hearing like Waffle, you know, just that like bump, 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 bump. Like they're still one of my favorite bands to this day. So, so yeah, long way of saying that uh, my brother was like that gateway, but then I kind of found that heavy music was almost like therapeutic. It was a way to get out all of that, that anger and that stuff that you just, at least for me that I didn't know how to deal with as a kid. Like I didn't know what my anxiety was when I was a kid. I just knew that that stuff helped me get all of that, that out. So, so yeah, man, it's um, when you meet people who are a similar age, who also love heavy music. Like I could talk about this stuff all day. Cause I, I love it too. Yeah. I think one of the coolest things is like going to record stores and different shops and just fucking buying something for the first time, just on a, on a, limb you're just like oh this fucking artwork looks badass um i think you did that with the them king diamond album didn't you or you knew you knew that album mm -hmm. yeah when i was a kid probably 13 14 i first heard like merciful fate and king diamond and i didn't really know much about that music other than it was like this weird 80s metal bands and i i fortunately was sort of privy to some of the early like extreme stuff but I remember seeing those album covers and back then when you bought them on CD, sick. they were like double albums. So you get like Conspiracy and them. You would get yeah, Abigail and, you know, another record simultaneously. And the covers are just nasty as all hell. And they still obviously hold up to this day. They're fucking amazing. Going back to uh, like just going into that blindly, though, not knowing like, oh, this could be really sick or this could suck. You know, some of the coolest music can be discovered that way just by like oh fuck hell yeah i took a shot on these guys and they ended up being sick and then and that can take you to a million other fucking places too i still do that i still record yeah. shop and buy random records at store you know at the record store or whatever and uh i don't know what i'm getting into sometimes yeah <laughs> you know yeah and that experience is so much fun too um the first the first record that i got is now like you know new cars and stuff don't even have cd players anymore you know so that like my experience growing up was like you'd get the cd and pull out the album booklet you know the artwork and like read read the lyrics while you listen to the the album front to back and and vinyl really i feel like feel like within the last decade if not more it's made a huge comeback which is cool to see people getting into it and um and i was like man it would be cool eventually to to transfer my my cd collection like literally my car right now because i i have an old fusion and i still have a cd player in there i still have like the big case logics in my <laughs> in my trunk 
And my new phone doesn't even like the auxiliary cord doesn't even work with it now. I can't I can't even Bluetooth it. I digress. But um, but the first uh, the first album that I bought vinyl was uh, Crack the Sky from Mastodon. And that has that artwork is so sick and it's a really awesome record, too. But uh, uh, shout out, Pat, um, no longer here. Uh, sadly, he, he died shortly after I moved to Nashville. But I think his son maybe still runs Culture Clash Records in, in Toledo, Ohio. But but yeah, we had Culture Clash and Rama Lama records. And it was cool. It's like you guys are saying, like we we could go in there. You could go in there no matter what you we, we were into. Pat could be like, oh, you like this? I think you'd, you'd like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good way to get clued in. You know, having a buddy that works at the record store, runs a record store, just, you know, it puts you onto something new, you know, as long as you have an open mind, you know, good time. So while while we're on the topic of like cool artwork and stuff, you guys have some pretty sick artwork artwork for your stuff. Is there is there somebody that you guys work with for for Corpus or do you do it yourselves? Yeah, um, a bit of everything. So our first album, uh, Death Sequence, we became pretty cool with this guy. Uh, his name is Rotting Rain on Instagram. Uh, really cool artist. Very obscure, dark. Does a lot of like black metal album artwork um yeah we just had the idea we pitched the idea and he just fucking pen and paper just made it happen and turned out really sick dude we, we were really stoked with how that came out and then um our second album we had uh some guy from like indonesia who's really sick too ancient cult was, was his name and then brent does a lot of our album artwork too he's done a lot of the flyers that we um that he makes and just like all the different shows that we do fucking brent's done a lot of cool stuff and yeah he, he's he's working on a lot of cool stuff that uh we can't fully share the details yet but that we're working on that's it's gonna be really sick and you know once we got some new music coming out and stuff you'll start to see some of that so is his artwork dude been something that you've been into since you were young, like drawing and stuff? Did you do that at the same time as like the drums? Were you doing that growing up too? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember being like in like kindergarten, you know, doodling away. Some of my earliest drawings are of Michael Jordan because uh, he was like one of my idols growing up big time. Uh, and I remember when he retired from basketball in 93 or whatever it was, I remember crying, being like super brokenhearted. Um, but yeah, it's always been a thing. And obviously, since I've been in a lot of bands, and obviously in Corpus, I've always tried to help at least steer the ship a little bit. And, and that is definitely something that like people gravitate toward our band. They like the aesthetic of it a lot. You know, it's it's cool seeing like kids fucking bugging out, getting wild, rocking your gear. You know, <laughs> that's always a, always warms my heart. Yeah, I mean, and, and the three of us are, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't speak for you guys, but I, we're probably, I feel comfortable saying that we're probably a little bit biased that I think the the metal community and heavy music community has some of the sickest artwork. I mean, for real, like some of the coolest merch and, you know, coolest designs. Like I have shirts that I'll never, that I'll never get rid of, you know, and it's crazy too how it's become like, you know, people who don't even listen to to heavy music are, are rocking like, you know, band tees and stuff that they find at vintage shops for like hundreds of dollars. It's so wild how it's become like a, a fashion statement now. Just, just just like Air Jordans for, you know, for a lot of people are like a status symbol. There's kids that wear Jordans that 
probably have never seen him play, you know, but, but yeah, there's some really cool, uh, really cool metal metal artwork out there. And yeah, and your guys' stuff is sick. And yeah, the flyers and stuff, like like the one that sticks out for me is uh um and I don't know if you did this one, but Death Fest was really that was a really cool one. We did that. Yeah, my girlfriend and I did the Death Fest flyer and we knew the show was gonna be just nasty. And we knew it was gonna be us and eleven other homies basically playing the show. So we wanted to do I left it up to my girlfriend. I said, what do you, what do you think we should do as far as the aesthetics go? She goes, you know, like when you go to a carnival and it's like a, you walk through the mouth of a big evil clown kind of thing, except let's do it, but it's the devil. I said, that's super cool. So we ended up drawing the devil um, pretty quickly, just kind of whipped it up one afternoon and then uh, went out over to FedEx and, and printed a bunch of those things and stuck them up all over town. And it ended up being on like t-shirts and whatnot. Like I saw some kids rocking the death fest stuff with like, big devil on the back it's like oh this is cool you know so that's awesome and do you do you mess with any of like the um like the the graphic stuff that people do on the tablets and stuff or you still hand draw everything because i've seen some people do that with like the stylus you know where they have like the tablet and they can do everything now too i'm going to because i'm old and like a leadite and don't know how to do a lot of that stuff so i do most of it just with pen and ink and then just figure out this really laborious process of transferring it. So it doesn't look like dog shit when it's all done. Um, but I want to start doing the digital stuff just cause it's going to make it easier to whip something up, you know, since we do, we do play all the time, you know, we want to make a bunch more everything, shirt designs, and posters, whatever else kids can get their hands on. So that is one of the best flyers. I think Brent has ever done is the death best one, dude. When I saw that shit, I was like, wow. That is fucking cool. <laughs> I didn't yeah, even, I was just immediately just, damn, this show's going to be fucking sick. <laughs> How else are you going to fit 12 bands on? Like, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? That was another true. challenge. Like, uh, it's got to look cool. It's got to, like, draw people in, but also <laughs> it has to have 12 legible crazy band logos on there, too, you know? so For sure. But yeah. It, it, so let's – I wanted to get into, like, how, how you guys – um came together because i saw you had music going back to like was it 2021 um i have spotify and i saw uh the the first few singles coming out right around that time but but how did y'all come together man have you guys known each other a while um yeah me and grant were like old skate buddies me and grant were old skate buddies uh back in like 2016 2017 we really started hanging out and um Brent and I share a mutual friend, Danny Gallagher, who's been good friends of both of ours for a long time. Uh, Danny kind of got the three of us, him, Brent, and myself, um, together to just place just fucking covers, Misfits covers, rock and roll songs, just random shit, just really honestly just having fun. And then I shared with Brent that uh, – I had been working on a project called Corpus and that, you know, I had a couple songs and uh, just wanted to see if he was interested in playing. And then once, you know, once that came together, we just became even better friends and fucking the rest is history, really. Right on, man. How did you come up with the name Corpus? Because, I mean, you guys have a sick logo, but it's also a pretty cool name. Yeah. Uh, to be completely honest with you, <laughs> I was going to San Antonio, Texas a lot because I have a lot of family out there 
and I was kind of in a hiatus with another band that I was in called Sold Souls with some other buddies. And the direction of the music was changing a lot. I was writing some heavier stuff. Um, you know, some of the members were leaving the band. It, it was just kind of all over the place. And there, it was like a transition period where I was like, I felt like I needed to start something new and change the name completely. And I was just like, had a pen and paper, just writing down ideas and bullshit in the car one day. I was probably like, I don't know, like 17 at this point. And uh, we just big freeway sign just said Corpus Christi, which is just a town in Texas. And I was like, Oh fuck, Corpus is cool. And I just wrote it down. And one day was just cycling through band names and just trying to think of some of the old shit I came up with. And I was like, Oh, I revisited Corpus. And I thought it was sick. So, yeah. About I would have never made that connection that came from like Corpus, uh, Corpus Christi. Yeah. Body of Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a funny story, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be honest about it too, you know, I just thought the name was sick. And I think uh single word band names are tight. Yeah. One thing, corpus, you know. Yeah, it carries some weird weight too, you know, like when people say it, they're like, Who's up next? Corpus. I'm like, oh, okay. They can remember it, they fuck with it. Yeah, because I was thinking it was like almost like a play on on corpse, especially with like the imagery and like the lyrics and stuff. So I think it's cool that it, it it worked out. You know what I mean? As far as like the name and kind of kind of the music that you guys played, even the lyrics and stuff. You know, what about like the 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 black and roll description of of what you guys do? Is that just coming from like just like hard rock, rock and roll kind of vibe, but also with like black metal and that type of stuff? Honestly, just from playing shows people kind of labeled us as that they're like you guys remind me of like a black and roll black rock and roll we one one day just you know we we're like fans of uh like midnight to us they're like a black rock and roll band yeah very like speed and kind of thrashy but they have these wicked fast like rock solos that are just really sick you know a lot of bends a lot of uh hammer-ons cool shit and um yeah, just from playing shows, people will be like, you guys sound like black and roll. And we're just like, oh, that's pretty sick. So we just kind of ran with it. Whether people agree or disagree, I, I, you know, if we actually sound like that, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Corpus is one of those bands, too, that like we play with death rockers. And like the show we played on Friday was a bunch of like hardcore punk rockers. And we play with tons of metal bands. And they all kind of have a certain vibe, a certain style that all kind of works well with all their other bands in the scene. And then Corpus is always the one that stands out. You know what I mean? It's always the kind of weird outlier, which is cool. I'm happy that it, no one can really put that in a box. And I think that's why people, they fuck with it so hard because it's got a little bit of everything that they want to hear or whatever, you know, it's wild, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And even, and even just uh, listening to like, like I know you guys are buds with Psycho Manus and Split Image and, slingshot all those dudes shout out to all of them and, and they all have different sounds as well but i think what's cool about what i've seen from a distance it um like we were talking about before we even hit record to even call the scene almost seems kind of like i mean slap in the face is probably too hardcore of a description but like it seems like a community of of bands and shows that you guys put on you know like 
how cool has it been where you guys are in California to be able to to cultivate that and have people come out and have a good time and and really like anytime I see clips from Slingshot or Split Image or Psychomanus or you guys like it you know it seems like everybody's watching the other band set but then there's also other kids in there having fun moshing headbanging like it seems like it's a pretty supportive cohesive thing that you guys have got going on out there. I think your assessment of it is good too, you know, like it isn't a scene, you know, in that it all sounds the same. Like some of those bands have a pretty defined style, which is fucking rad because they're all super good. But the fact that we can all play shows together, we're friends and, you know, like everyone's welcome to like, just get down, you know, as long as the music's worthy and like all those bands are including our own. um, It's cool. There's, I like the diversity a lot. I wouldn't, it's, it's stale and boring if it's not that way. You know, who wants to sit around and listen to 12 death metal bands play? Like, that's stupid. We all right. got, uh, really, we got sick of two. Like, there's not really a good outlet for people to enjoy, you know, fucking extreme music in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, some people throw backyard shows, house shows, you know, most times they probably get rolled, but we're not a fucking old town Temecula cover band playing fucking Bon Jovi, you know, like, you know, we like, you know, and people our age, that's not really what people want to do or hear or see. So it's like, well, how can we fucking get some other cool talent that we like in, in our town and put on some cool shows and, yeah. you know, and it's cool to see that people give a fuck, you know, <laughs> and we'll come out and support it. So, and it's all those bands like steering the ship, you know? Like, there's no one at the helm. There's no, like, gatekeeper, I guess is probably the best way to put it. There's no one keeping the gate, you know? As long as it's wild and ruckus, pull up and get down to it, then that's what we're all about. Yeah. Have there been uh, good good promoters or, or you know, people who, who run the venues in the scene, you know, working with you guys as well? Um, Kind of hit or miss. Solaris, they're a local brewery in, Tem- in Marietta, Temecula area. They've been really supportive on just uh, allowing us to organize and throw shows there. So that's been really cool. Um, we have a homie that owns some property that's thrown some really cool shows too. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it's up to really us. And, you know, like there's some homies out in Hemet that have thrown some really cool shows in Lake Elsinore or stuff like that, just different towns out here. But uh yeah, I mean, if you if it's a DIY type of thing, most likely got to just do it yourself and spread the word. And that's, in most cases, that's how it goes. Unless you become tight with some promoters, you know, in other scenes like in, in the Inland Empire, L.A., Orange County, San Diego. Um, there's obviously, you have shows like that, too, that are not local. But, yeah, as far as local goes... It's mainly just DIY shit. It's cool to see everybody ripping it too. And it's cool. It's cool to see that uh, all you guys are supporting each other and getting people to come out too, you know, because, you know, like you were mentioning about like the LA scene and stuff like I've heard, I've heard that it's competitive from, from somebody who used to be out there and is now in Nashville and that, um, and that, and that always bums me out. Cause it's like, you know, to me, I again I can only speak for myself and I'm not a musician, but when it comes to setting goals or trying to persevere and move forward and, and kind of the themes of this podcast, like I do that in my own life. And it's like I always kind of 
look at like yourself, you yourself should be your, your biggest competition. Like even, even growing up when I played sports, like I was, I was a big Michael Jordan fan growing up as well. Hence the, the picture on the wall behind me. Um, and it's like, like he, he was one of the people that inspired me, but, but also people like Chris Farley, who is hilarious. And it's like, you know, watching Chris Farley too, it didn't seem like Chris, Chris was just like trying to get other people to laugh. Like he was out there killing it, but it wasn't, it didn't, I never watched any of his sketches going like, Oh, he's trying to like one up the next person. It was always just like, he just wanted to make people laugh and would do anything for the laugh. And I guess so kind of relating my rant here, it's like, it always bums me out when I hear about uh, music scenes or, or, you know, anybody where it's like they're trying to like compete with or one up somebody else. Like at the end of the day, it seems like it would just be like, Hey, I just, when it's our time to play our set, let's just go freaking rip it. You know, let's, let's kill and, and, and make our set the best that it is. Like at the end of the day, there's always going to be failure in comparison. And, and, and like your guys's community too, like you said, everybody's kind of different, different bands. So um, it's really cool to, to see that you guys have that community because I just think at the end of the day, it's like if you're competing against one another, like what, what's the point in that? There's no fun in that. Like you want to, you want to go to a show and have a good time, not be like, you know, staring each other down from across the room. Like you guys suck. You know, like I've never, I've never understood that mentality where people wanted to like get ahead by stepping on somebody else, you know? No, we definitely don't have any of that mentality. And with regard to like other scenes in say California, it's as simple as there's like, I guess, a fork in the road. You can either like compete to be whatever, you know, with like these, I don't know, LA bands, for example, whatever the case is, or we can just do our own shit. Of course we're going to do our own shit. It's way more fun. You know, we, there, you get better results. Like there's fucking rad bands, you know, and good friends and a good time, you know, out of all of that. And it's constant. I mean, we do this a lot. So yeah, I was going to say, just looking at all the, the shows, even this summer, it's been a busy summer. So Death Sequence, for people who aren't aware, uh, y'all's album came out, I think it was June last year. Um, and it was recorded at uh, Discrete Sound Studios, right? Is that is that who you guys work with doing that? And then just seeing the shows, I mean, like you guys just had one as of recording this uh, two days ago. You've got a few coming up in September. Uh, Rage at the Ranch is in October. There was Death Fest in July. Um, thrash in the Valley was in May. Um, and then I also saw like, uh, end of December going into this year, you guys did, was it struggle survive fest, which was, which was like a, a mental health and suicide prevention benefit. Or I, I saw a post about that. Dude, I think pop the fuck yeah. off. So that was, um, <laughs> that was on December 30th of yeah. last year. And, uh, the homies in witch Haven, who like to me, dude, those guys are I've been listening to their music before I fucking was Corpus was even a thought, you know, and like they actually reached out to us to play that show, which I thought was fucking the coolest thing ever, you know. And uh yeah, man, that that was a really sick show. It was at Bricks Bar out in like uh Vernon, like LA, somewhere down there or up there. But um yeah, they had an upstairs and a downstairs, and uh, there was, I don't know, probably like 10 bands, 12 bands, but, you know, you, uh, yeah, basically as a band is playing upstairs, another one's playing downstairs, and that was probably one of the sickest shows we've ever played. You know, you just got 
cool dive bar vibe with a bunch of fucking punk rockers and metalheads. I mean, those are the those are the sickest shows, hands down. Yeah. And it was packed, dude. It was it was you know really well organized show. I think nothing less booking. Um, you know they did you know booked most of the bands and then Witch Haven helped out too. But yeah, and then it you know what all the money that they made from that show all the proceeds went to like mental health and suicide prevention. So yeah, man, great cause and fucking great, excuse me, great show. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's cool when you have a great turnout for, for something like that, where it's a, where it's a benefit show for, especially for mental health and suicide prevention. Like I was telling you guys before the jump, like the, those are things I touch on on this show. Um, even though I'm not a musician, heavy music is a, like a big form of therapy and catharsis for me um and it seems like it is for for a lot of the bands and guests that i have on the show so it's it's cool to to know that it was a it was a good turnout for something like that you know and that and that we're at a place in the world now where we can discuss those things more and not have to like shove it all down you know what i mean because that just creates i think more tension over time it's like a, you're kind of a ticking time bomb if you don't if you don't deal with issues but um but yeah i loved i love death sequence man like uh Pray for the masses is is probably my favorite off of that, but I love dying eyes, vulnerable, uh, eating hours. Got a really cool baseline in the beginning of it, um, but yeah, you guys, you guys jam, and then even even the the EP man, like um, that just came out in in March uh, with uh, Realm of Blasphemy and Beyond the Grave. Like it's, um, I I really love how I feel like lyrically. And image wise with your guys's music, it all kind of it all kind of ties in. It's like uh, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it, but it's just like I feel like metal and horror have always kind of and heavy music and horror, you know, imagery and stuff have kind of always gone hand in hand. But I like li listening to your guys's stuff. It's like truly a cool, unique uh, escape. You know what I mean? Like it's like, t you know, every song is kind of like a cool, a cool story, man. But uh so yeah, there's not even a question in there. I'm just trying to give you guys your flowers here, man, because I really dig what you're doing. Thanks, dude. That means a lot, you know. Yeah, we put a lot of thought and time into the the concepts of the songs, and structurally, and you know, writing cool, catchy chorus. Some songs are like chants, like Dead Wolves Howl. You know, people know that song. Feeding Hour. People know that song. Um, yeah, man, we. You know, we appreciate that. We like the new. We like the new stuff a lot too. Our our friends in uh, Split Image, they have like a. It's they call it a low budget productions, but they recorded that second EP, and uh, yeah, super stoked on how that turned out too. And um, yeah, it's been fun, dude. We're gonna we're working on some new stuff. We have a bunch of new songs right now, that some are done and fully written. We play them at shows but uh, just not recorded. So we plan to hopefully do that before the end of the year. I would ideally, you know, if not fucking first thing next year, New Year's I'm Day. Come on. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of the song that was playing that you guys were playing uh, when I was getting ready for this, watching one of the Instagram stories from the show the other night and everybody was like headbanging and getting down. Oh man, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what moment of one of the songs it was. I don't think it was, I don't think it was pray for the masses. I got to go back and watch, but it, it was just cool to see everybody like get into it, man. 
Yeah, is it is it the clip where you can it's from like the drummer's point of view and you can see the crowd? I think so. I think so. I think that's Realm of Blasphemy. That song has a like a breakdown at the end of the song. Yeah. Uh, it's probably about 30 seconds long, but um uh, I think that's what you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great show, man. That was a that was a lot of fun. Our homie on top of the throne productions um helped us organize well we helped him organize it he provided the spot and yeah. we kind of helped pick some of the bands um but yeah that was that was a lot of fun good turnout it got rolled unfortunately some of the bands we wanted to see play like vacancy and spitball um fucking didn't get to play it got shut down but if you get a oh, chance just, to get those guys out those guys are sick too yeah was it just because the show went too too long or was getting too late, like curfew noise type of thing? Or, um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they've they've done a grip of shows there already, and I guess people just fucking started tripping on them. Yeah, vacancy was just starting to go. They yeah. made it through like three songs, and we got like Molly walked in their pit, and then I turn around and the cops were there. And that was the end of that song. Which is fucking whack. <laughs> I was getting into their set, too. and Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a fucking buzzkill. But yeah, both those bands. We, I was so stoked. <laughs> like, had this shitty work day. I knew Corpus was going to go and just get all kinds of nasty. So I wasn't worried about that. And then I knew we were playing with the homies, you know? Like, the dudes from Spitball and Vacancy. And, yeah. You know, I just knew boys. it would be the wildest thing ever, and it was. And then Corpus did our thing. It was super cool. The other bands, the other two bands we played with, they were up there. And then as soon as Vacancy came, it was just uh, Denzel Funzo. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. I've been at uh, I've been at some shows where, where they they shut down, like, the like the house lights start to come on and then they can, you can kind of hear like the monitors go down a little bit. I think I was at uh way back in the day. Um, I think it, it used to be called, it was like rockstar energy drink mayhem festival. I don't know if you guys remember that from like a decade or so ago, but the one year that I went, it was, uh, it was corn and Rob zombie, I think were co-headlining. And then it was like lamb of God, I believe on the Wrath album cycle and then Five Finger Death Punch and Corn went on after Rob Zombie and it was it was outdoors too um like outside of Detroit and uh I guess they went a little bit over cuz then the lights came on and they kind of started to turn it down I'm like man you can't turn down Corn come on what are you doing you know people are fucking rabid for stuff like that like those guys have cultivated some a serious fan base that really, really, really loves them, you know, and they just, they just go buck. Dude, one of the sickest mayhem festivals I will tell you was in, I think it was 2015. Uh, the headliners was Slayer and King Diamond. And I, I got to see it two days in a row. They played in San Diego uh one day and then in san bernardino the next day and uh just got to see him back to back dude and it was insane because i'm a huge fan i'm a huge fan of both of those bands so i will tell you that was the sickest and that was the last mayhem festival that they ever did yeah jonathan davis man like he just emotes behind the mic like i've never seen that dude mail yeah. it in his energy 
damn sure. <laughs> yeah, his energy is is crazy, man. But uh, I kind of regret not going to see. You mentioned Slayer, though. Like, I kind of regret not going to see them here in Nashville when they did their farewell tour thing. Um, I can I could admit I was a little intimidated because I know their shows can be like brutal <laughs> if you're on the floor. So if I went to that one, like I probably would have been in the stands, even though that might make me sound like a, a big wuss to any of the heavy people out there. But uh, I'm 35 now, man, and getting in the pit, especially at a Slayer show like that is like you got to you got to prep yourself for that. But I think they're going to be coming back, though. It sounds I've I've heard a couple of Carrie King snippets where it sounds like I, I think. And I don't know if any of like the other bands that have done some reunion stuff lately has influenced it. Like, uh, like, like Motley years ago said they weren't going to do anything again. And then they, they've done an arena been kind of world tour thing. And, uh, who else like guns and roses, but I've heard a couple snippets from Carrie King where it sounds like I don't think they're totally, totally done yet Slayer. So maybe I'll get a chance to, to see him again. But, um, yeah, that's definitely on the on the bucket list to see live for sure. I just don't know that I don't know that I want to be on the floor, dude. And again, that might sound whippy, but I'm I'm at that age now where I'm like, dude, I've heard too much about Slayer shows, dude. I'm not trying to leave with like a broken nose. You don't come back from that as easily. I will that. tell you, dude, Slayer is definitely if you're gonna be in the pit, they're definitely a band you fucking want to be prepared for. Yeah, get your <laughs> hockey gear. Might get get a few teeth knocked in or yeah. something. Those dudes are well, wild. Now, now I think bands don't really. I mean, I think bands still kind of do it, but I, I, I know I've heard, uh, I've heard Jamie from Hapery talk about it on his show, but like, kind of being scared to do like the wall of death of, and stuff anymore because you don't want to be liable for people getting really messed up. I've seen that at a couple of shows that I've gone to, and I'm like, that looks really intense, man. <laughs> Splitting up the crowd and have people just like. I, I remember locking on to like one person at one of the shows I was at in Detroit just to see if I could still see him when they got lost in the melee. I'm like, dude, that is insane. But I mean, at the end of the day, though, if you're moshing, I think just like I think kind of the old school rules are like, hey, like, don't go in there trying to hurt anybody. And if somebody falls down, you help pick them up. Like, especially nowadays, though, too, a lot of kids like do that slam dance and stuff. And just like I'm like, ah, I'm too old for that, man. Yeah, I caught a I caught a hook on Friday. You know, just I'm like a 15-year-old. Yeah, just it just popped me, dude. Like Tyson, you know what I mean? It just got dang the fuck up in that outfit. And I, I know I'm too old for it. It is what it is. But oh, it's fun getting fuck wild. Yeah. Um, you have the opportunity to front flip off the stage or do something dumb, do it. Some fucking 15-year-old just cold cocked fucking the drummer of corpus yeah and it happens every time happens every that's pretty sick because i'm the dude that just will just i just sometimes i just want to kick it and just chill and watch the show and have a good time i always get sucked into the madness sometimes i like to go all out like when we did the death fest thing every time we have a thing where uh i like to show up in costume unannounced and then act stupid so at the death fest thing it was like 200 degrees out and corpus had already played and i'm done and we've been there for like eight hours and I said, said like, okay, I got one more in me. I'm going to put my Michael Myers gear on and just go fucking haywire. And yeah, I was pitting around, getting the pit all worked up and stuff. And then of course, just get clobbered, you know what I mean? By whoever's in there. You can I can't, hardly see I can't see thing. anything with yeah. the mask on and just getting pulverized. So yeah, it is what it is. It's fun. You like it. Well, before we wrap it up, dudes, thanks again so much for taking the time to do this. This has been awesome to finally catch up with you. Um, 
do you guys are you guys into you mentioned Michael Myers? You guys into horror then? You like yeah, like I mean, into horror I'm movies? Oh, am I? For sure. Yeah. Like, am I into horror movies? Yes. Yes. Uh, there's certain ones that um, I can admit, again, even though I'm a grown man, there's certain ones I can't I can't watch by myself. Um, I watched The Canal. I don't know if you've seen that one. It came out in like 2016. I think it was like an Irish horror movie. That one messed me up. That was a slow burn. The Canal was was really weird. Really, it was good, but it was just like a slow, insidious not like jump scares or like slasher. It was just like a creeped out, trippy psychological horror movie. Um, and then actually Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon, I think is considered a thriller. That scares the bejesus out of me, man. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. I watched that when I was 12 and it like scarred me for life. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It was based on a book, I think that came out in like the 50s or 60s, but uh, where, you know, the not to give too much away, but like, I mean, granted, it's like 20 some years old now. People listening haven't heard it, but or seen it. But uh, but yeah, like the the son is clairvoyant and then he gets hypnotized and it kind of like opens a window and he can start seeing stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean, classics, though. I mean, my favorite horror movie ever, American Werewolf in London. I love it. It's kind of satirical and comedy, too. But greatest to me, in my opinion, greatest werewolf transformation scene ever. Um. Uh, I, and again, I, I, I mean, it's not, maybe it's not considered, well, I'm, I'm probably considered horror, but the lost boys love the lost boys classic, you know? So those are some of my faves. What about you guys? Oh man. Yeah. When you watch those like uh horror retrospective, someone's doing whatever, reviewing something, they always talk about what's the greatest werewolf transformation. Is it the howling or is it American werewolf in London? But yeah, both those movies are are super cool i don't know i watch horror movies almost every day so these are <laughs> these that's a, these are all brent questions <laughs> I'm, I'm into it but i'm i'm not a nerd like he is about it <laughs> and honestly like i i him and grant fucking bro out and they'll just be like oh you know remember the scene from this movie and they're like what about you bug and i'm just like i don't i have no idea <laughs> i think to be like a true purveyor of horror movies, you have to still get scared. I think that's probably the most important thing. If you're not scared of anything, then I'm not really sure you like horror movies all that much. You know what I mean? But the ones like me who are obsessed with all that stuff, or the ones that, you know, you know, you'll still shit your pants from time to time. Oh, yeah. Like a horror movie, you know? And that's, it's that same, it's that same feeling you get when you were a kid, you know, and you see whatever, Friday the 13th or, you know, Halloween or something like that. I still have. Yeah, those are the horror films that I like for sure. But I like Chainsaw Massacre, all that shit. Oh yeah, that goes hard. And and I'm glad that you noticed too that some of that creeps up in the corpus stuff because how could it not? You know what I mean? Like the stuff that Bug writes is just too. It it's just it's too fitting for that. Of course we're gonna have that vibe. How could we not? You know what I mean? What do you guys know about horror films that are like? you could tell like the production is like real old and old school and they're like real gory, but like, you know, like is like obviously kind of fake and kind of cheesy and like the, the screams of like the people getting killed are like, ah! oh, and they're just like really intense, but like you could tell are really old. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like seventies, eighties. Yeah. Like, yeah. B movie. What are like some fucking classics of that? I don't know, Mike, what do you think? What's some classically B-roll horror? 
I mean, I think for the time it may have, it may, it maybe wasn't considered that, but maybe now people would look at it and be like, oh, that's not as scary, but like Evil Dead, you know, like, exactly. you know, going, going to the cabin and finding the book and then everybody starts like getting all messed up. But I think for the time that was pretty, that, that was probably pretty scary for a lot of people. I know the exorcist scared the bejesus out of my mom and my aunt. I think they slept with the lights on probably after they walked out. But I don't, but like B, but like B rate stuff. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, now everything is kind of like CGI, but I kind of like the practical effects. I think it's really cool. Like, you yeah, know, I think so. Yeah. All the, like Tom Savini, the guy from everything in the eighties, you know, doing all the Friday the 13th, the burning and the list goes on and on and on and on acted in movies to Dawn of the Dead, the whole run. Um, that guy's a big hero of mine for sure. No, nothing to do with music or anything like that but he's just a living legend it's yeah no it's cool it's, i'm glad we're geeking out on horror stuff too um another another favorite of mine is um the descent that's a great one have you seen that one i don't came out like 2000 probably like 2006 i want to say 2005 right around in there if you haven't yeah. seen it the descent is worth a watch it's a really cool concept um not like like ton of CGI and stuff, but it's 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 trippy. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, I recommended that one to my to to my big brother Brandon too. The guy, like I said, the dude got me into like heavy music, and he 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 still references that. Like he he appreciated that recommendation because um, he loves like Reanimator and stuff like that too from like back in the day. Um, he even called his uh, computer repair company Reanimate PC, but um. There's a record store down here called Reanimated Records, and it's themed like Reanimator the film. That is sick. That <laughs> is sick. That's super wild. Well, before we officially wrap it up, dudes, um, thanks again so much for taking the time. Um, I'm I'm really excited for what you guys are doing. I know you've got a bunch of shows that are coming up, so I'll make sure to to link your your socials in the in the podcast description when everybody hears this. But um, but with the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward, I mean, any anything that you guys want to share for anybody out there who's who's struggling not to turn you guys into like Barbara Walters or Dr. Phil here. But but on a serious note, I mean, it, you know, you guys played that mental health benefit uh, last year. Um, I know heavy music is therapeutic for a lot of people, but uh, anything that's worked for you guys that you feel like might be worth passing on to somebody out there. Um, before before we get into all that. um there is a show specifically on September 29th at Chain Reaction. We're actually going to be headlining that show that we're really excited about. So, fucking whoever, you know, sees this podcast, buy some tickets from us, support us. It's going to be a sick show. Some other really cool bands on there, too. So, hope to see you guys out there. Um, yeah, back to the, to the mental health stuff. Um, I mean, I'm someone that struggled with anxiety, um, you know, from high school till now, basically. Um, yeah, we we all really uh, just care about well-being, you know. We always just want to make sure that whether it's our homies or family, uh, friends of a friend, doesn't even have to be anyone close. But we're all about just making sure that everyone's taken care of, you know, and we're just people that care. You know, and we'll listen to you and fucking, yeah, if anyone ever 
wants a shoulder to lean on or talk, vent, anything, dude. I mean, I think it's important to talk. You were kind of referring earlier how, like, keeping things bottled inside and how things have progressed now to where, like, you can, you know, as a man, woman, whatever, be able to express yourself. It's not something to be shamed ashamed of you know it's, it's real life man i mean life is a bitch then you die then you die <laughs> <laughs> <That's not good. laughs> you know it ain't fucking easy out there man and everyone's just trying to make it happen and put a smile on their face at the same time and make their kids happy and so uh we understand the struggles you know but uh you know if you have some kick-ass music to listen to and you got a community of people that you could bring together uh makes things a little less bad you know and uh yeah man i just say just support your friends support your family and whatever way works for them you know and don't minimize the way people the struggles that people have whether it be anxiety depression whatever it's like it's important to listen to people you know because you just never know what the fuck someone's going through. So, yeah. yeah, that's my stand on it, you know. And, you know, I hope uh, anyone that needs help, you know, has the help that they need or has it available to them. And I think anyone with, like, a creative outlet, we're lucky to be around so many creative people all the time doing what they love. But I know that's, a you know, that's – I know why I was put on this earth, you know, and I hope that other people – come to that same realization you know just you know it makes life a, a hell of a lot easier and cooler you know we're really fortunate to be around all the all the homies all the time some of which are insanely talented you know so yeah it's nice to see people doing what they love to do despite whatever you know yeah there's some really cool bands out here too that um y'all should check out witch haven's really cool fucking our local homies like vacancy spitball those guys are all really sick. Psychomantis, Split Image, of course, Slingshot. Um, we have some homies down in Calexico, Mexicali, Cosmic Sea, Age of Darkness. Oh, we have our homies in Druid. Yeah. You know, just lots of lots of really cool people out here, man. Lots of really good bands. And I hope you or, you know, anyone that watches your, your podcast um, gets to check out some of those bands, dude. Lots of really good bands out there. Our homies in uh, the Chaotics, too. Those dudes are really sick. Yeah, man. Fucking, that's really, that's all we got. Keep on rocking. Keep on doing your thing, too, man. Yeah. I mean, you do what you love to do. You're doing it right now. You know, that is important. That Fuck is yeah. Cool. So, keep it up, man. Well, I appreciate that, dudes. And, uh, and Brent, I'm sorry if I cut you off, too. I didn't, I didn't officially ask you some of your favorite horror movies. If you, if you have any recommendations for me or, or other people out there. So you said the canal and the descent are two flicks I got to check out. Yes. I recommend them 100%. I think the thing about horror, I'm not sure I have a favorite. Anyone that usually asks, I'm always like, I horror or horse. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I don't know. Be like, you know, Dawn of the Dead or something like that. Um, but I like horror in all of its many facets. I think that's the most important thing. So, like, horror video games, 
films and horror imagery, and obviously horror films and horror rock and roll, you comic know? books, comic books, the the whole the works like that whole world is important, and I think every little piece of it's integral. But yeah, obviously I fuck with horror flicks regularly. I don't know if I have too many favorites though. I just I like all kinds of horror too. You horror know? flicks and horror chicks. <laughs> I got one of those. <laughs> yeah, you do. But I like uh, I don't know. I like um. I like the slow burn stuff. I like the slasher stuff. I don't really like zombies all that much, but I, Dawn of the Dead is my favorite movie probably, which is weird. This guy. I love vampire <laughs> flicks. I don't know. I like it all. I like horror video games, Silent Hill. That's I sleep next to two Silent Hill tables next to both sides of my bed. Like I'm obsessed. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, dudes, again, I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. I'll um I'll put up the links in the podcast description for people who aren't aware. But uh, for people who aren't aware, you guys, let them know where you, they can find you out there on the interwebs. Yeah, man, you could find us fucking anywhere. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Back alleys in the whorehouses. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom's house. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just i'm just kidding we're jokesters we Instagram a lot but uh yeah dude uh apple music spotify youtube youtube music all that good stuff uh Bandcamp, Bandcamp is the shit yeah uh we've got a show at chain reaction september 29th really looking forward to that one that one's gonna be sick hope to see some homies there uh the next day we have one in la uh son of leviathan uh pagan ritual a couple of homies that we know of playing that show and rage at rage at the ranch uh our buddies in the chaotics they put that one together friday the 13th man speaking of horror it's uh it's a friday the 13th show so costumes are highly encouraged that one's gonna be a lot of fun dude really really looking forward to that one so uh yeah dude got got a stacked uh line up here for a couple of weeks and well a couple months so it's gonna be a lot of fun man thanks a lot for having us and yeah, thank uh, you get to talk soon sometime well dudes thanks again i appreciate the time man keep in touch hey Very thanks well. a lot mike thank appreciate you, mike. it brother Righty dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Brent and Julian of the band Corpus out of California. Make sure you go follow and support these guys on Instagram at corpus.band, and that is Corpus spelled C-O-R-P-U-S. The links to all of their stuff will be in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll down to the bottom of the podcast description, hit those links, and go follow and support my dudes in Corpus. You will not be disappointed if you love headbanging. If you love energetic music, if you love cool lyrics, rock and roll, metal, you'll dig them. Once again, their EP, Beyond the Grave, is out now everywhere where you get your music as well as their album, Death Sequence. And in addition to that, these guys have a string of shows coming up, including one this Friday, September 29th at Chain Reaction. So once again, to get all the deets on that show and all their upcoming shows, make sure you go check out those links that I have in the podcast description for this episode. I just want to say directly to Brent and Julian, dudes, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was great to finally link up. Brent, I know we had been 
going back and forth on Instagram for a minute and we connected a while back and between you guys making your music and doing your thing out there, in addition to all the shows you're doing and me balancing this show with my day job and just being a one-man band over here myself in terms of putting everything together and uh, booking guests, editing, researching, putting everything on social media, uploading the episodes. I do it all myself. So, and I'm not saying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying, you know, uh, it takes time to line some things up, but good things take time. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that we were finally able to connect and get yourself and, and Julian on the show. And uh, once again, dudes, it was a great conversation. You guys are hilarious. Uh, and it was fun to to learn more about Corpus and um, and and once again about this cool community and collective that you guys have out there in California with the aforementioned Dylan Baumgartner, Split Image, Psycho Manus, Slingshot, and all the other bands that you guys are playing shows with. Man, I just think it's so cool to to go out and kick some butt live and, and to be able to do it at cool venues with with support from. The, the community and, and everybody supporting each other as bands. Uh, I think that that's, it's, it's awesome to see that mutual love and respect for one another that you guys have, man. It's just, it's so dope. And it was really cool to, to showcase that on this episode. So once again, everybody corpus.band on Instagram, and that is spelled C O R P U S the links to all their stuff will be in the podcast description for this episode. And once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th pod, on YouTube at March 4th pod, excuse me, my website is march4th.podbean.com. My links are also in the podcast description for this episode as well. And if you did like what you heard, if you were a first time listener, thank you for hopping aboard that pirate ship. And uh, it goes a long way when you take the time to like and subscribe and share, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, if you have Apple, you can leave a rating. It's on a five-star level. You can also leave a comment on Spotify. You can also leave a rating uh, and all those things go a long way and help getting these conversations out to more people. And that's ultimately what I want, man. I want more people to find out about Corpus and all the awesome things that they're doing, all the awesome things that the collective of bands that I just mentioned out there are doing, man. Uh, it's really cool to see. And, and we need more positive vibes like that in every in every city in every town in every community uh you know once again it's competition is good but i think it's more important to you know focus on whatever it is about yourself that you want to improve and not compare yourselves to other people and that goes in all facets of life man uh even though i'm only 35 um you know in, in my years i've learned that you know use yourself as your measuring stick not other people because there's always going to be failure in comparison and i think you know, trying to be the biggest band in your town. I don't know that that really has ever paid dividends for anybody. I think it's just being really good at whatever it is that you do, finding your sound. Um, and then, and then also kicking some butt in the local community, you know, and, and a great example of that are my buddies in Tropic Bombs, the bumper music that you guys hear on this show. Shout out to Ryan and all the dudes. I love you guys, man. Um, you know, they, they became very popular in the Toledo music scene back home where I'm from, but they weren't doing it by stepping on other people's throats. You know, they, they were doing it by busting their butts with, with their God-given ability and, and making the best music that they could make and getting buck wild in the shows, you know, putting on the Midsummer Meltdown gigs at Frankie's, a legendary venue with a lot of history in Toledo. You can look it up, I digress. Um, and, and, and they built, you know, their own collective there as well, you know, with, with other bands in the scene and continue, continuing to vibe with other people in a positive way. And that's really what it's all about. So, you know, not that anybody asked for my advice because uh, 
you know, I, uh, I'm not a musician, but, uh, just from my experience covering this stuff, I think it's more important to just be the best at whatever it is that you do and not, uh, you know, measure yourself against other people and whatever it is that they're doing. Cause there's always going to be failure in comparison. So, uh, that's going to be a wrap for this week's episode. I apologize that I'm sniffling a little bit. I think that's my sign from the universe. I need to wrap it up. I've just been battling this sinus thing, you guys, but, uh, but yeah, I really appreciate everybody who's checking out the show, man. Thank you all. I love you all. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Corpus, here is their single, Beyond the Grave. Peace.